You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by Eric Dalala. Eric, what's going on, man? Just another day in paradise, Phil. Yes, another day in paradise. The uh, snowstorm that hit the Mile High City has finally broken, and the sun is shining, and it's a it's a beautiful day outside. I'm excited to spend a night at home this evening. It's been a few days since I was since I've been able to leave the facility. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, also joining us in studio, intern extraordinaire, Emily Samanskis. Emily, what's going on? I was really prepared to say hello, and now I have to that's answer what, a question. No, I thought that's what you were going to say. Hello. hello. What's going on? Hello. Uh, we got a great show in store for you. We are going to break down the Broncos quarterback situation as it stands on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm oh, sorry, Thursday afternoon. Wait, what day is it? Thursday. The this- snow has just got me all... All out of whack. But the podcast comes out today, which is Friday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. That's true. Uh, we'll talk about Brandon Allen, what to expect from him uh, facing this Browns defense, a, a dynamic defensive line passing attack, uh, pass rushers on that uh, Browns line going to be coming after Brandon Allen. We'll like update you on what's going on with Drew Locke. I know that Broncos country wants to know, when are we going to see Drew Locke? We've been waiting all season. We'll let you know what's going on with that. We'll play a couple of our games, two truths and a lie. Fill in the blank. Uh, the trade deadline has come and gone. Chris Harris Jr. staying in Denver for now. Then we'll play uh, a Rick of the Week. Eric, you got that ready to go? or Of course. Yeah, of course. And then uh, Emily will be providing us with some comedy with her Limerick Challenge. How does that sound? Sounds as uh, as good as we're possibly going to get. Eric, we've seen two days of practice with Brandon Allen out there. Uh, anything stand out of about just what you've been able to see during the 10 minutes of uh, sh- the viewing period of practice? Phil, you'd be shocked to know that it's really difficult to uh, to get a whole lot out of those 10 minutes that we're able to watch. But just tell me what me. you see. Can you feel that he's under control? Does he seem concerned? Does he's, he throw a nice spiral? Yeah, he's got a nice release, a good spiral. Uh, seems to be a little bit more mobile doing some of these drills than maybe Joe Flacco did. Uh, I think Brandon Allen said the other day when he spoke to the media that his mobility is maybe an area where he thinks he's a little bit better. So maybe we could see him get outside the pocket a little bit. Rich Scangarello talked about that Thursday and maybe we can do a little bit more stuff where we get him outside or maybe on these broken plays he can scramble around a little bit. So not a lot you can tell from practice as far as what we're able to watch, but uh, Vic Fangio said he looked under control, did a nice job operating the practice. We won't really know till Sunday, though. And I know that uh, for most of our listeners, they haven't done this, but Eric has spent the last couple of days breaking down every snap that uh, – Allen took in the preseason for the LA Rams. And then he even went back into his college tape. You looked at what, two, three seasons at Arkansas, right? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, when you get an opportunity to watch the Razorbacks, you can't say no. That's true. That's true. Steve Atwater would be very upset to hear you say that to mock. I don't think, I don't think I was mocking. Oh, you weren't. Okay. No, I think I was being pretty serious. So from, for almost everybody, it's going to be their first time seeing Brandon Allen really do anything. So it's 
it's sort of a mystery, right? Well, especially because he's not a guy that um, was here during the preseason. You know, he he played in the preseason for the Rams. And if you were watching that week three, I believe, pre or week, I think it was four. Well, oh, it yeah. depends. We played we, so many preseason right. week games. three of the preseason, the Broncos' fourth preseason game. Yeah, if you watched uh, closely, you saw some some Brandon Allen because he was going against the Broncos' defense. But I mean, you probably weren't if you're a Broncos fan paying you're that much attention by, to you're asleep by to what other teams' quarterbacks are doing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know that can be an advantage, not knowing uh, what what he's capable of. But this will be his first NFL action ever. So. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what the game plan is, uh, Eric. Uh, I'm assuming that they'll try to get some easy plays, you know, just get to, uh, his confidence up to start the game, maybe let him co- make some easy completions and just feel comfortable in, out there, right, at least to start. Yeah, I would think so, and you'd expect probably a lot of uh, run plays, maybe get Philip Lindsay and, and Royce Freeman going on the ground or maybe some short swing passes that – Get, it, get some yards, uh, maybe get the defense on its heels a little bit. But the you, Broncos have been good about scripting those first plays, so whatever it is, I'm sure they'll try to make it so that Allen is very comfortable that first drive. You just really have to avoid kind of these negative plays. All season, the Broncos have been bad when they've you know gotten those holding penalties or the false starts or uh, you're not good in first and second down, so you have third and long. So they have to make sure that they don't put Brandon Allen in those situations because I don't think – that's going to go well, but I would anticipate another conservative game plan. You know, don't don't lose the game by trying to take too many shots or uh, making Brandon Allen do something he can't do. Your defense is really good. The Browns have struggled offensively, even though they've got all these weapons with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and Nick Chubb and, of course, Baker Mayfield. They haven't been all that good. Mayfield leads the NFL in interceptions, so let your defense do what it does really well and then let Brandon Allen play complimentary football. Yeah, and maybe you do the exact opposite. Maybe you take a shot. Huh? Maybe you take a deep Smart. shot. No one will see that coming. Yeah, so either be conservative or be really oh, aggressive. Exactly. Smart. And, uh, you know, talking to John Elway this week, you know I do that. I, I, I actually did. I did know that. Yeah. He said that he likes uh, Brandon Allen's competitiveness and his athleticism. So... I'm sure that we'll uh, see both of those things on display this Sunday as the Broncos welcome in the Cleveland Browns. Uh, But what about Drew Locke, Eric? Everybody wants to see Drew Locke. Of course. I wanted to see Drew Locke yesterday. No offense to Brandon Allen and no offense to the Broncos plan because, as Drew said, we know they've got one. He trusts it, but... You just want to see him. I think everyone wants to know what Drew Locke can do, especially as we've talked about he took such strides during the preseason. When it when the Hall of Fame game started and he played those few drives, it was like he was swimming. And then against Seattle, he he obviously had a tough go of it at first, but then let a, a touchdown drive late, had a drive to potentially tie the game uh, at the very end. And then against San Francisco, I wrote about it the other day, I think he led like a 17-play drive that took nine minutes off the clock, and uh, it was just a field goal. But, you know, it was like, hey, this is – that's the type of offense that you need to win football games. And then, of course, he gets hurt. Haven't seen him in, gosh, 10 weeks or something like that. So, yeah, when he's when he's able to go on the field, that'll bring the excitement back. No matter what the record is, that'll bring some excitement. Yeah, but you understand the plan that they're working with here. Like, of course. They didn't want to put him in the backup spot this week because 
he hasn't been practicing at all. So he would go from literally no practice time to one play away. So it didn't really make sense to put him in that spot right away. Brent Rippon will be the backup this week. And then, then you're thinking, okay, let's look ahead here because once they activate him off the IR, they have two weeks for him to practice. 21 days. 21 days. And then they have to make a decision whether or not he goes onto the active roster or not. So you want to make the most out of that practice time that he gets. And uh, with the bye week coming up next week, maybe it didn't make a ton of sense to rush that period. Of course, you're essentially losing seven days if you activate him this week because, or excuse me, designate him to practice this week because you've got from whenever they head out of the building next week until the next Wednesday, essentially, you're probably not going to be on the practice field, at least not in kind of a full tempo practice where he can get these reps. Um, so if you do it the week of the Minnesota game, which is the first week after the bye, then you give yourself a situation or any week after that where you can have three consecutive weeks of normal practice and have him ready to either back up or start a game. And to me, we've heard about his thumb. We believe that he's physically ready to go, but the mental side of the game is very difficult in this Rich Scangarello offense. The play calls are really long, and that's something that we heard Drew Locke talk about in the in the off season about how he's trying to recite those in front of the mirror and yada, yada. We've heard all that. So just for him to get up to speed and be in a position where he could, if he goes out there to play in the game, he can be competitive and have a chance to be successful. Right. And, and Drew's a competitor. He said, Hey, I would want to play right now if I could. But I think for him too, if you're trying to show that you're the long-term answer at quarterback for the Broncos, then being prepared is in your best interest because you want to go out there and put out the best tape you can. And so if, if you don't know what you're doing or you're not comfortable enough in the huddle or calling the plays, you're not going to, it'd be like Phil, if I showed up to do the neutral zone and I hadn't done my research and I wanted to, that would never happen. Of course, of course it wouldn't, but I wanted to, you know, get promoted to podcast supervisor. Of course I would, I would never be able to get that role, but I can dream and I didn't, I didn't show up and I wasn't prepared, I'm not going to look very a, good to be true. the podcast supervisor. Because I want to do my research. I think that uh, if you're in Drew Locke's position, you want to go out there and have a chance to show I'm the guy long-term. I am the, I am the answer at the quarterback position. And Eric, in your opinion, how many games do you need to see from him to have that idea? I think you would need to see probably four, three or four games at least. Um, I'd like to see more just because I think you want the largest sample size you can possibly have to say this guy is it or he's not it. And if he's it, you can go into next year with your draft picks, get some guys that can fill around Drew Locke and be in really good shape. If he's not it, then maybe you need to trade up, take a quarterback, figure out the what the long-term answer is. But I think if you only start in one or two games, you might not be able to tell if he's the answer or not. Because as we saw over the preseason, he improved so dramatically from week one to week three that why wouldn't the same thing happen in the regular season where he could come out in his first start and look overwhelmed. And then four weeks later, he could be in really good shape. And you could say, there are the flashes that with a whole offseason, he could be the guy. But I think even though he just got here, he was just drafted in April, he probably already hears the whispers that people outside the building are saying, could the Broncos take a quarterback in the first round? And so he wants to... He probably wants to put all that to bed, make it clear that he's the guy moving forward. And sitting at two and six, you know, if things continue the way that they're going for the Broncos, 
they are going to have probably a top 10 pick unless things turn around here. So if you have a high pick like that, of course, quarterback could be an option there, especially considering this year's crop of college quarterbacks coming out. So for, for him to go out there and be successful, that would mean that he would show enough to say, you don't need to look at any of these quarterbacks. I'm your guy. So let's go over a potential timeline here, Eric, for what we could see for Drew Locke, assuming that he comes back to, and starts practicing after the bye week. Yeah, so if he were to start practicing against Minnesota, he he's technically eligible at that point to play that weekend against the Vikings. He could do that. I think it's more likely that they would give him, say, three weeks to practice, or excuse me, those two weeks, Minnesota and the Buffalo game to practice, and then maybe for that Chargers game, which is uh, week 13, I believe, home game, maybe that's the week that you, you start him. Or at the very least, he's active and you split time or something like that. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. And this is assuming, you know, Brandon Allen doesn't go out there and just light it up, which you never know. Right. You know, so, I mean, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves, but if you want to have some plan and have a direction here, that that makes the most sense to me to have a, we talked a lot this week about Drew Locke trusting the plan, coaches having a plan for him. To me, that makes the most sense having practiced for a couple of weeks while the Broncos go on the road and face some really tough defenses in the, in the Vikings and the bills, then come home and play a chargers team where, okay, Locke's been practicing for three weeks at that point, And then he can uh, jump in and, and see what he's got. And I know that the, the argument is that you don't want him going to play Houston or play in Kansas city after that. But I mean, if he's going to be the starting quarterback of the team in the future, he's going to have to go play those games. So that to yeah, me, yeah. But you, we've talked about him put, putting him in a position where he has a chance to show it, maybe for his first start, right? But maybe don't put him in that spot. But I can, I mean, Drew Locke from Missouri. You don't think that kid's gonna be fired up to go play at Arrowhead? That's true. And playing at Missouri, he went into some very hostile atmospheres in the SEC. Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Kentucky South Carolina can get rowdy. Kentucky. Kentucky has some good defenses, but Dupree? Yeah, but environment. Florida, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee. Those places. Have you ever seen the LSU field where that tiger eye is just in the middle? I have indeed watched television before. Yeah. I weep when I see that, and I'm sitting on my couch. Like out of fear or joy or just sadness? Fear. Got it. Yeah. Very scary place. I went to the swamp when I was 12 years old. And that's why you're a man. I'm oh, sorry, seven years old. And that's why in the Dalala household, they, in, their, in your family's lineage, you take a child of seven years old and you take him to the swamp. Exactly. I climbed out with no rope. No rope. All right. Well, that's where uh, the Broncos quarterback situation stands. And who knows, Brett Rippon might have something to say about this too. Yeah, don't forget if about Brandon, Brett. If Brandon Allen, something happens to him, Brett Rippon could jump in and uh, steal the show. <laughs> Certainly not. Uh, let's get to two truths and a lie. Eric, are you uh, excited about that? I am. Okay. I've got my computer here so I can look up what the answers are. I'm not sure if uh, people are familiar with this game, but I'm going to give three notes about this week's game. And two of them are going to be truths. Eric, guess what? What is the last one? One is going to be a lie. 
Jeez, Maybe okay. not in that order. Maybe right. not in that oh, order. Oh, okay. okay. Last week, I don't think it was in that order. Okay. I did get it correct uh, last week to remind uh, Neutral Zone listeners and Neutral Zone Nation. That's very nice. Neutral Sorry. Zone, NZN. Exactly. Okay, here's the first one. Are you ready? As you mentioned earlier in the show, Baker Mayfield leads the NFL with 12 interceptions, but he's tied for the lead in the NFL. Okay. It's Baker Mayfield, and you might be surprised that he's tied with Phillip Rivers. Okay. Number two. Why were you laughing about that? Because you're, you're laughing at me. Number two. Another first for the Browns here. Miles Garrett leads the NFL with 10 sacks. Okay. Aggie legend, as Von Miller likes to say. He's dope. He's dope. He's out there just doing his thing. He's a superstar. Aggie legend. He eats goats. Miles Garrett, 10 sacks. Okay. Leads the NFL. And finally, another first for the Browns. Wait, why are these firsts? They're first in the in the NFL, oh, okay. first in the NFL. Got it. Okay. Okay. Mayfield first in interceptions. Miles Garrett first in sacks. Got it. Field goal kicking percentage. <laughs> oh my god! You may be surprised to hear that Austin Siebert, the Browns kicker, is ten for ten, first in the NFL, with a one hundred percent field goal percentage. Wow. Um, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Two truths. Um, the Miles Garrett. Lie. The Miles Garrett one is true. Um, if I could get some clarity on the first one with Baker Mayfield, that I mean that, that's true. Obviously, twelve interceptions. But the, the interesting thing is that so, he's tied right. with Philip Rivers. Okay, so I just have to decide: is Philip Rivers the guy the, that he's tied with? The whole with? thing is it? Mm. Is it? Or is it Austin Siebert? Ten, I don't, uh, ten for ten. Ten for ten on field goal. I think attempts. the the lie, and it hurts that you'd lie to me, is that uh Baker Mayfield is tied with Phillip Rivers for the league lead in interceptions. Correct. And I think the Who's league, he tied with? Yeah. Oh, you know who he's tied with? This would be impressive. Is it Josh Rosen? Nope. Fitzpatrick? Josh Rosen hasn't played enough. Is it Fitzpatrick? To nope. Oh, okay. Then I don't know. Jameis Winston. Mm, Should have gotten that. Yep. Should have got that. You were, I was expecting you to be like, nope, their kicker is nine for nine. <laughs> Not 10 for 10. Ha, gotcha. It's essentially what this game is. All well, right. And that's two yes. truths and a lie. Uh, now it's time for another game here. Phil in the blank. That's, uh, of course, P-H-I-L in honor of yours truly. Fill in the blank. That's you. Okay, Phil, uh, the first fill in the blank kind of goes back to our quarterback discussion from just a second ago. This is not what you think should happen, okay? This is what you think will happen. Blank will see the most playing time at quarterback over the rest of the season for the Broncos. The Broncos have eight games left. left. I believe that Drew Locke will see the majority of that time. Wow. I do think that the Chargers game is a nice spot for him to come in. And if he stays healthy, he'd wrap up the season with five, five games. Interesting. That's what I, I'm not saying that that's what should happen, but I do think that that is that's what, what it, you think will happen. Will happen. See, I think that's probably what should happen. I'm not convinced that that's what's going to happen. I think if there's any sort of setback with his 
either with his hand or maybe he's not uh, maybe he hasn't put things together as quickly as they'd like or or whatever that might be. Maybe you say, hey, let's let's hold him till the Lions game in week 16. Uh, just give him a couple starts here at home. Um, I, I think that that's probably not as equally likely as the other thing, but pretty likely. So you think that they'll stick with Brandon Allen for four or five games here? I think that's I think that's a possibility enough so that I'm not confident to say that Drew's gonna gonna be there for five. Interesting. Okay. Again, well, I think I think he probably should play as well, soon as you can play him. We'll save this tape and uh, we'll go back to this when you're wrong. No uh, cheese whiz, please. Okay. <laughs> are, are you nervous about the cheese whiz right the, now? The Packers are rolling. What if the Cowboys would have got Jamal Adams? You would have been real nervous then. Who's their quarterback? Dak Prescott. I think you answered your question. He's tremendous. You answered your question. Okay, Okay. number two. The Broncos' season up to this point has been blank. Mm, Frustrating. Mm. I find myself, you know, doing the post-game show. A lot of times I'm like, another frustrating loss. So if you put those all together, I would say frustrating. And I say that because from the view of the fan, you say, this team should be five and three. Uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Losses Five to the Packers, three. Raiders, and Chiefs. And Chiefs. Okay. That Those are the games I think that they've really lost. The other three that they've lost all should have been Broncos wins. You're talking about s- sacks in three of those final drives that would have just changed the season. You know, if, uh, if uh, Von Miller gets home against uh, Minshew there, if uh, Bradley Chubb doesn't get called for the penalty against Mitchell Trubisky, and and at five and three, you're talking about a totally different situation. Yeah, frustrating. I That's think frustrating to think about. I think I would say it's a step in the right direction. Um, the the Broncos record. You like moral victories, don't you? Well, I w- I would just say that over the past few years, when the Broncos have lost, they've gotten blown out. But two and six, you're of, like, of course, oh, of course, they're heading. And, it, and it's not going <laughs> to probably won't get a whole lot better or could not get a whole lot better with um, with Joe Flacco's injury. But I think that you've been competitive in every game except for that Chiefs game. You've shown up on the road, which the last few years has been kind of an issue for the Broncos. Your young stars, Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, those players are playing really well. And so, and Vic Fangio, I think, has shown at least so far that he's been able to keep the team together, keep them playing hard. Um, he's shown that defensive expertise that we've been waiting for, and so that leads me to believe that if you can find, if you can just get a little bit more talent, maybe, or find the answer there at quarterback for the long term, I think you're looking at a team that, in a year or two, is going to be. I mean, you're going to be finishing these games. You're going to be. You're going to be beating these teams that maybe this year you're like, oh, you went to Lambeau and you're competitive for three quarters. Maybe in a couple of years you're like, or next year you're saying, we're going to finish that one this time. I think that for the Broncos to find that consistency is going to be really important. And, you know, you stick with the same coaching staff. You find someone at quarterback who's getting better and better and better. And you just, you think about the the teams that have had a, had a lot of success in this league. A lot of them have consistency whether it's at the quarterback position, whether it's the head coach, whether it's this offensive system, whatever it is, consistency to me is the name of the game. Of course, I agree. And I, and I know it's frustrating for Broncos fans to see him at two and six and they think, 
hey, I'm just sitting here being overly optimistic and a homer and being the website guy. But Website guy, Eric Delali, yeah. injury boy. Website guy. But, I mean, I do think that you can't watch this team and not think that in a lot of ways it's an improvement from the last couple of years. Now, is the offense an improvement in terms of scoring points? Not necessarily. But you've got you've got pieces, and I think that, like you said, if you stick with the same system offensively and defensively, should get better. And when you stick with the same system, you know, okay, we want to draft this guy because he fits our system. We want to bring in this free agent because he'll plug this hole. Right. And once you start building that that uh, depth in talent, eventually it pays off. I mean, John always admitted before, it makes it hard to draft when you're switching defensive systems or you're switching offensive systems because, hey, we're drafting a, an offensive lineman that's really good at zone blocking. And then the next exactly. year you switch away from that system. Can't do that. Or, hey, we've got a quarterback who's really good at play action and rollouts and boots. Then the next year you're, you're not playing that. Or we're taking exactly. a guy that's designed for a 3-4 and then we're going to a four three or you know it it just doesn't it doesn't make things easy. Yeah, and then you know when it's crunch time and you want to execute, you're like, oh, we've been running this play for the last four years in practice, right. and it's easy. That look at Tom Brady, I mean, he's been in the same system his entire career. He he doesn't have to like system quarterback. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying he's in he's been in the same system, not system quarterback. Got it. All right, you got another one for me here. Of course. This one is more uh, philosophical, if you will. Philosophical. Philosophical. The best time in the NFL season for a bye week is blank. Ooh. Good question. Because around these parts, we had a week five bye a few years ago against the uh, before we played the Giants, and things hmm. things didn't go well after that. Because I think most people would say, let's go right in the middle. Right. Week Week nine. That's I th- I would think that a lot of people would think that meaning that the Broncos have a nice bye week this year. I love this bye week. But I will say this: I'll say there's two other ways you can look at it. You can assume that when you add on training camp plus four weeks of preseason, that's six weeks that the guys have been going before the season starts. So you could say you don't just look at the 16, but you say, okay, if I really want to go in the middle. You say, okay, there's actually 22 weeks that they've been going hard. And you say, let's split that and go 11. So that's six. And then that's like week five or six by week. That's about halfway through the entire season, training camp, preseason, regular season. And then there's one other way to look at it. Uh Uh-huh. If you feel like your team is going to go on a playoff run, Ooh. then you want a later bye week because then you have a chance to get a nice rest before you're going into really crunch time. A nice rest, get all cozy. And that's why it's so hard for a wild card, wild card team to make it all the way. You see so often that a division, you know, the top two seeds are are really well, but but say you're the, at an advantage. Say you're the Broncos in 2015, right? You don't necessarily want a buy in week thirteen and then another buy three weeks later. Maybe not thirteen, but like hey, a week eleven, something well, like that is nice. It. Okay, that is a nice time to have a break. It's a but fair point. F- for the I, most part, I would say right around now yeah, is a nice is, time. I remember in Split twenty in twenty seventeen when there when the Broncos did have that week five buy, there was kind of this sense of like, man. 
after that bye, it was just like, this is a long stretch of games we still have to play. Because even though you're right about training camp, I think the the physicality of each game is just so demanding and uh, guys get hurt. And it's, it's more important then that they're able to recover as opposed to if you tweak something in OTAs or training camp. And um, I, I just remember the mindset of that team kind of being like, gosh, we're really... Because I think the Broncos, if I'm remembering correctly, they went on the road three straight times after that Giants game coming out of the bye. So, I mean, it's just a tough, especially that year, is a tough go of it. So I, I like where the bye is this year. It could also, like if you're on and you got some momentum going, of that could disrupt that. So, Of course. I would say right around Halloween is a nice time. Yeah, you can go trick-or-treating. Good, good time for a break here. So That's been fill in the blank. Gotcha. That's fill in the blank. Thank you very much, Eric. Uh, of course. Now let's talk about uh, Chris Harris Jr. He Perfect. is staying in Denver, and uh, not to just constantly bring this up, but when I was talking to John Elway, you know, the other day. I do. Uh, he mentioned that uh, at the end of the season, they would they have intentions to uh, revisit Chris Harris Jr. and see if they could uh, – find a way to have him stick around in Denver for even longer. Yeah, and, and Chris said that that meant something to him, that Elway said that, said that it, it means something when you're shown appreciation, when it shows that they they know your value. And Chris, Chris isn't going to comment on any of that stuff until the end of the year. He's made that clear he's going to play this year out and then figure out what, what comes next. But it's really clear how much Chris staying in Denver meant to people here i mean vic fangio said he's what you're looking for in a db ed donatel compared him to to champ bailey and steve atwater on thursday von miller and i had a nice little uh back and forth during the press conference when i asked him if he was relieved about chris harris jr staying and he was like i didn't even know he could get traded i was like i think so, you did von you had that back and forth i saw yeah von was emotional of course on sunday in the colts locker room because he thought hey maybe this is the end of an era and he said, Chris is, the, Chris is a guy that I've been with teammates longer than anybody in my life. Yeah. He's, he's played with years. him for nine years. Vaughn's 30. I mean, that's, that's a 30-year life. Yeah. No, that for sure. I mean, I think that uh, there's something to be said for that. The relationship that those guys have, you know, they're very close. They've gone through a lot of ups and downs together, so it makes sense. But, uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about Chris Harris Jr. There's several reasons why you hold on to him and maybe you let a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, you trade him. And to me, Chris Harris Jr. doesn't blow you away with his athleticism. He's a guy who plays a position with a lot of smarts. He's very technical. And he's the guy who runs the route for the wide receiver. He knows the plays that are coming. He's very smart. And so a guy who plays like that, he's still got a long you know, I would say at least three or four years where he's still going to be an elite defensive back in this league. And uh, athleticism fading isn't something you necessarily worry about with him. And even if it does start to go as he gets up there in years in the NFL, he can always transition to play that safety role where we've seen Kareem Jackson this year have a lot of success. So Champ Bailey, of course, moved to safety. Champ Bailey did not move to safety. Are you sure? I am sure. Okay. That is something that he said he did not want to do. Okay. But if Chris was open to that idea, he could move to safety 
Is Emily checking on that? Is that what you're, are you trying to test me here? No, I believe you. I wasn't here when that was going on. So he did not move. Okay. He never played safety. Okay. Emily. Apologies. Can confirm. Who am I thinking of? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I heard that, Emily. Can confirm he did not move to safety. Excellent. Excellent. Who am I thinking of? I'm not sure who you're thinking of. Um, but Chris could still play at a high level and be a part of a, a very successful defense. Charles Woodson. Sorry. Charles Woodson did move. Sorry. I apologize to Jeff yes, Bailey Charles. and Broncos fans. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I think that uh, I think that those are reasons why you try to hold on to him, see if you can work out a long-term deal. And my final thing, and this is just me being very sentimental, but I do think there's something to be said for a guy who is able in today's NFL play his entire career for one team. It's really rare. It, it makes you a fan favorite. And the Broncos signed him as an undrafted guy. They saw potential in him. They gave him his opportunity in this league. And I, I would just personally really like to see something like that where a guy can, at that position, spend his entire career with one team. That's right. special to me. Of course. No, I agree with you. And we, uh, we don't know if Chris will be back next year. But I think even if he's not... He's the type of guy that Devontae Harris has said, hey, he's teaching me how to be a better cornerback. Duke Dawson. And those are things that Duke Dawson? Yeah. Duke Dawson? Duke Dawson. Sorry, Isaac Yadda. That took I mean, me a second to get on that. Duke Chris, Dawson. Chris has been a guy that's willing to teach those guys, and I think you still need him there, um, especially with no Bryce Callahan. Devontae Bosby got hurt a few weeks ago. You need Chris there to be able to field a, a competent secondary, whereas I think – with Emmanuel Sanders, they felt really good about Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, and what that group can be moving forward. Plus, like you said, Emmanuel, I mean, he's he's missed games the last few years with injury. Chris yeah. has missed five games in his career, and four of them were last year when he broke his leg. And when he broke his leg last year, if the Broncos would have made the playoffs, he would have been back. So yeah. he, he's tough. Super he, stays, he stays on the field. Um, and it's nice that... At the very least, if Chris Harris doesn't uh, get re-signed this offseason, that that last game of the year against the Raiders, he'll be able to run out, you know, and get that recognition he deserves just in case he's not back. Yeah, and I think it's harder to find an elite defensive back than it is to find a good elite wide receiver. I think it's harder to find. Uh, definitely someone with the versatility that Chris has because he can play outside. He can play nickel. Um, but I'm just saying a, a, a cornerback, it's harder to find a cornerback than it is a wide receiver. Yeah, that's no, I think I mean. that's fair. Anyway, so that's the latest there on Chris Harris Jr. Now it's time for our favorite part of the show. It's time for a Rick of the week. Oh, wow. I thought, I mean, that makes me happy. I thought Limerick Challenge, if you will, was before our Rick of the Week, but I'm ready. It's with a my, Rick of the Week. I'm ready with my a Rick of the Week. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit this week on my a Rick of the Week. Mm. We're going to go with Eldrick Woods. Tiger. Tiger. Won the Zozo Championship this week. His 82? 80, 82nd career PGA uh, tournament win. Ties Sam Snead for the most all time. And I uh, saw some things on Twitter that Sam Snead was winning tournaments that were like nine holes long and they were t he was tying with four people and they were like just take the win so tiger obviously uh 
came back from that back and surgery. What did you say the name of this uh, tournament was? The Zozo. And you're making fun of Sam Sneed for his <laughs> his tournaments? Is that what you're saying? I think the quality of competition that Tiger Woods is facing is... Zozo. At the Zozo? The the quality of competition that Sam Sneed was facing was just Zozo. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Um, Got it. I like it. But just what Tiger's uh, coming back from from a health standpoint has been really impressive. Won the Masters this year and then uh, ties the the PGA record. Very impressive. Uh, but I will say there's only one record that Tiger is interested in. I think he's interested in this one too. I don't think so. You don't think he cares at all? I think he cares about majors and uh, the Golden Bear is still out there. That's true. Three more to go. Will you get there, Eric? I don't think so. I Ooh, think I think maybe, even though he won the Masters, I, I think maybe one more, uh, maybe one more. Okay, I know that Tiger's a big fan of the neutral zone. He, yeah, Tiger, so. Tiger, just trying to uh, you know give you some motivation. I just think that like after he won the Masters this year, he just kind of he couldn't compete at the same level. It took too much of a toll on his body. So I think we're going to get one really good effort every year for the and next maybe twenty five years, five to seven years. Okay. And maybe if you maybe you win one of those. Weird that his name is Tiger in this segment's a Rick of the Week. No, his name's Eldrick. I don't know if you knew that. His Interesting. father Interesting. called him Tiger. Got it. But Got his it. name is Eldrick. Got it. That counts. It, I like the creativity here. Thank you. And that's been uh, Eldrick of the Week. Perfect. And uh, let's get to our real favorite part of the show. That hurts. The Limerick Challenge. Emily, if turn you your microphone on and let's get it going. <laughs> Emily's Hello. been here the whole time. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. She just stays quiet so that uh, she's on her game for this part. She stays quiet so she doesn't have to get quiet. Exactly. Let's get it going. All right. All right. Uh, Phil, you can't see her screen, correct? No. Okay. And, uh, are you just going to keep shouting out words what's the, the whole deal? time? We're, are we tied 1-1 one, one, or is, no, are you up 2-1? 2-1 two, one. Two, one, me. Yes, Eric is up. Also, two, you just start two, screaming out Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. Broncos. We'll see. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll see if we'll we'll can see. get through these we'll without see. laughing halfway through. <laughs> I have to not look into you guys. Um, all right. <laughs> Remember, pacing is really important. Yeah, pacing important. Yes. Limerick number one. Happy Halloween from our podcast to you. It's been a busy week for this Broncos crew. A trade deadline to remember. Chris Harris stays in Denver. The locker room veterans will see this season. Through. Through. That was Phil. All right. Thank you. Through. Through was the answer there. Thank you. Okay. was the answer. All right. Uh, Number two. (laughs) A big announcement from coach on Monday. He said that backup Brandon Allen will play. Flacco is ruled Stay. out, but no need to doubt. Allen said he's ready to play. lead play. the way. QB. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That one goes to Eric. 1-1. One, one. To lead the way. Is that it? Yes. Correct. But you Le- don't want to say is ready to play? Lead the QB. I, I think is what, said play. is what we're looking for. Oh, yeah. yeah. You like to just repeat words. <laughs> All right, number three. The Browns and Baker are coming to town. Two hungry teams ready for a showdown. OBJ and Landry a threat, but Harris Island won't fret. A win at home will make fans smile, not... Frown. That was very close, but yes, correct. Who got it? 
I don't like making decisions like this. <laughs> I would like to come back next Let's week. Let's say one and a half. That's a tie. Okay, so it's still 1-1. One, one. Oh, this no, could one, be one and a half. One and a half. Yeah, gosh. Okay. Excuse me. All right. This one was the wild card. Was that part of the Limerick or no? No, there's two more, but had lots of fun in Indy with our team. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just skip this one. (laughs) Yo, write down this time code. Okay, go ahead. Start over. Had lots of fun in Indy with our team. Dining at Harry and Izzy's was a dream. Some wine with dinner. We felt like winners and turned a picture of Phil into a meme. (laughs) I got it. (laughs) Thank you very much. Have I seen the meme? I think so. We'll have to tweet it out. Is that one where my glasses are messed up? We'll tweet it out with the neutral zone if that's okay. It's acceptable. Okay. All right. I don't know who got that one. I was I that was Phil. Two and a half. One and a half. A tie for the win here. I was laughing. A tie for the win. Yes. All right. In one week, we'll all be out and about, but on Twitter, you can still give us a shout. The bye week is near. A week nine would br- a week nine Pout. win would bring cheer and erase much of the haters. Doubt. Yes. Sorry, I was a little ding, off ding, my ding, pacing ding, there. Ding, ding. Your winner. Thank you very much. Emily, nicely done. Eric, what did you think about it? I feel a little bit like Alexander Johnson probably felt when he tackled that Colts guy and was called for a horse collar, you know. Oh, at the end of the game. Yeah. Robbed. Exactly. Well, more like the refs were just doing the other team a favor. Got it. Got it. And in this case, Emily is the ref. Yes. Wow. But congr- congrats on your well-earned and definitely... Someone's uh, not a graceful loser, huh, Emily? Indeed. Indeed. Turn, or was that an indeed? Turn your microphone off. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for our shout-outs as we uh, wrap up the show here. Uh, just to remind everyone what we talked about here on this uh, edition of the Neutral Zone, we broke down the Broncos quarterback situation with Brandon Allen and what the plan is for Drew Locke. We played a couple of games, two truths and a lie. Eric got that correct. He provided fill in the blank, which was uh, our favorite segment of the show. Then we uh, went into the uh, Chris Harris Jr. staying in Denver possibilities. Then uh, we got into our our real favorite part of the show, a Rick of the Week, which Eric somehow... uh, lost and then uh we continued with our favorite part of the show of the Merrick challenge if you will and i won that eric lost again there and now we've got ourselves to the shout outs i didn't think we'd make it yeah but we're here but congrats to us yeah there was a light at the end of the tunnel uh shout outs this week uh liz manis what's happening in the community emily turn on your microphone <laughs> What's going on? What is going on in the community? I believe that a couple of events were rescheduled for next week because of the snow, but I also believe that the Broncos sent some Halloween treats to the children's hospital, even though they couldn't safely get out there themselves. Very nice. Very kind of them. Yeah. Little snow. The the community department is kind of like the U.S. Postal Service, you know? Like when the weather is... Reliable? They're taking a shot at... Yeah, what... No, no, no. What is it, like rain, sleet, snow? Oh, no matter what, you get out there. Yeah. 
Got it's it. like a little rhyme, I think, about the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, the freak snowstorm that hit the Mile High City. I mean, uh, I don't know about you guys, but after three, four days of just below freezing and uh, scraping you know, off our cars, in yeah, the it was, that was a lot. I'm ready. I'm glad that the sunshine is back. I agree. That's true. Uh, where's Ben Swanson today? Oh, is he not in here? He's I mean, not in I here. Notice that. Yeah, he must be painting practice or something. I think he was uh, trying to do portraits during practice. Yeah, get guys to come over and sit. Exactly. And sit and right pose. for like fifteen to twenty minutes at a time. And yeah. Vic, Vic was like, "We need Brandon Allen to practice." Yeah, but and Swanson's like, like history here. Don't from documenting. Don't, don't rush art. Yeah, the process. Yeah, that's true. But that's really no way to become podcast supervisor. No, he's. I wonder if it's start if it's about time to consider somebody else because, oh my, the best the best uh, ability is availability. Exactly. Very true. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Eric, where can people listen to this podcast? They're listening now, but if they were like, Hey, I wonder how else I could listen to this podcast. Right. What Um, would you say? Like if you wanted to listen to it several times. Yeah. Like maybe in your car, you're listening on iTunes. iTunes, Maybe at home, you're listening on Stitcher or TuneIn. Or Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, even that. And then, like, in your house, if you go from there into your bedroom, you know. You got, the, getting, neut- you got the neutral zone playing in the bedroom? You, <laughs> I'm saying maybe you're getting ready for work in the morning. Got it. You know, um, maybe, like, uh, you know, like some people turn on music in the shower. Yeah. Boom, you could put on the neutral zone while you're, you know, getting ready. The neutral zone. Good for any occasion. <laughs> that is true. Uh, we, true. we did get our first uh, reply on Twitter using the neutral zone hashtag. We did. Uh-huh. From at uh, Stoyware. He said, you said in the NFL you don't get several cupcake games in a row. That's true. Except for the Patriots. That's a shot. But I do believe that the Patriots record is about to get much more difficult. Their record's going to get more difficult? Ah, their schedule. I'm sorry. Their schedule. <laughs> My apologies. The schedule is about to get a lot more difficult there. I would also say that the uh, the reason that the Patriots schedule seems like it's a bunch of cupcakes. The division? is because they're really good. Yeah, because I was also going to say their record against other divisions in the NFL is also really impressive. Yes. It's not just that they beat up on the AFC East. No. They're really good. And you could also make an argument that the rest of the AFC East has one purpose when they're trying to form their football team, and that's to try and somehow beat the Patriots. And when it doesn't work, they just go back to square one and start building again. So Right, because even if you're trying to get the wild card spot, you, you might have two losses guaranteed that other teams in other divisions don't have. So you're, exactly. just, you're at a uh, little bit of a disadvantage. But thank you for reaching out on Twitter. Thank you. Please, we're looking for more of that type of thing. That's true. We might, Emily might need to start making burner accounts just to kind of get things going a little bit. Emily? I'll get on that. Perfect. Perfect. Maybe Sen Blonson or something like that. Or Snuggles. Snuggles. <laughs> yeah, the cat starts commenting about the neutral zone. And, well, no, uh, we've made it. Also, if you uh, send in an audio recording or a video of some sort, we'll play that right here. That's true. A video recording... Um, 
you probably you wouldn't be play, able to get. You won't be able to see the visual, but you get the audio. Right, that's true. Most people don't do an audio type thing and then send it. No, that's true. Unless you do that in your text message, I guess you could do that. That's true. Yeah, here's Phil's phone number. It's uh, <laughs> five five five. Give out, All right, I think it's time to the podcast supervisors. I think it's number? time to get off. They might want that. I think it's time to to wrap this bad boy up. We can do that. So uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. That is going to do it for us until we're back next Monday. There is uh, the day after press conference with Vic Fangio, but that might be it for the bye week edition. Could be. I think. Emily, are you coming to the game on Sunday? You're you're gonna be there, right? This Sunday, I am. Yeah, Emily will be there. Emily will be there on Sunday. Perfect, perfect. All right, so we'll be back next Monday. But until then, you've been listening to the Neutral Zone for Emily Samanskis. What on earth did you just Bad. do? What did I do? Rewind. You said you've been listening to the, and then you said it. You have to. I, I didn't. Ra- I didn't finish the show though. Yeah. What you? I was gonna. I was you're at not this, supposed been, to say. Listening to this neutral zone, and then I was going to say for for everybody who's am I not allowed to say the name of the show? Not until the end. Let's try it again then. For Emily Samanskis and Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani, and you've been listening to the The Neutral Neutral Zone. Zone.